0: Chapter 55 of the Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter 55 Upon Foreign Service at length when all sailors hearts were sick with vain hopes of some enterprise france did a truly bold thing by declaring war against great britain those people before this had given occasion for the strongest scandal by taking their king and queen in a dastardly manner and cutting their heads off indignation and hot hatred ran throughout england and wales at the news but our government did no more than politely request that the london agent of these cut-throats should withdraw nevertheless i cannot be wrong as my pension comes from government in saying that to my mind the british government at this noble crisis behaved in a most forbearing prudent christian generous glorious and magnanimous manner they waited for war to be proclaimed by france before they accepted it and then they proved themselves as wholly unready as they ought to be what finer state of feeling can be shown by any country it must have been either the end of february or the early part of march in the year of grace seventeen hundred and ninety three when we heard of this grand and momentous affair and i remember the date by this that the onions were sprouted and we were compelled to make shift with shallots for calling at falmouth to victual a little we sent three boats ashore and i of course was in command of one and though we spread abroad and ransacked all the cornish gardeners hordes and gave them a taste of boat-hooks because they had no proper things not an onion could we find except with a crooked thumb to it nor were the young ones yet fit to pull and this fixes the date to a week or so and now we found that the whole of us were to be turned over while the bologna was refitting to the seventy-four gunship defence with orders for the west indies at once as was generally believed to protect our shipping and commerce there for although the war had been so very long looked forward to our government was not ready yet but had to send squadrons right and left to see to our foreign interests while portsmouth chatham and even london had very few ships to defend them our charity never begins at home as poor bardie's did in her copy-book however it chanced to turn out all right because the other side was quite as much abroad as we were some of our men were inclined to grumble at having barely a spree ashore when they longed for a turn at home again but the admiralty settled that by not paying their back wages which is the surest way of all for keeping a fellow well up to his work his temptation for running is gone because he has no cash to run with neither do his people want him while in that condition this he knows well and it makes him think and nine times out of ten he resolves to double what is due to him and really pocket it when again due and almost be admired by his own wife therefore most part of us tumbled over from the Bologna into the defence after some liberty ashore which for a godly man like me was nothing more than a trial captain drake bamfield worked harder than even parson chowne's horses were said to do and as for me but I will not say, for it now becomes unbecoming. Enough that the defence cleared outward of the no man buoy. The very day, three weeks from the date of the Bellona, standing inwards, we had the wind at east-northeast, as it always is in springtime now it may seem out of place and even very rude on my part but i could not altogether help a strong desire to know how our captain this time managed in the matter of the female sex i had my own feelings towards poor young polly and a hankering to let her see me which however must not now be gratified on either side and of course a man feels when this is the case that another man must be like him however the rules of the service forbade me to put any questions on private affairs to an officer thus set over me and as for observing him that was below me even if time had availed for it heaviside also had shown such ill-feeling and even downright ingratitude towards me simply because my position and rank had compelled me to teach him his distance which he was somehow too stupid to learn especially since his rash elevation and appointment as our chief boatswain which made it the more incumbent upon me to preserve a firm attitude this fellow i say was so utterly wanting in that deference which the master of a line-of-battle ship not only has a right to expect but is even bound to exact that i could not now approach him with inquiries about our captain and this became tenfold more painful as soon as i saw that he knew something what french sailors could have a chance with a fleet under sir john jervis i cannot tell how many islands we took for we could not stop to count them we caught just the tale of the hurricane of the twelfth and thirteenth of august whichever will be remembered as the most terrible ever known none of us had the luck to see the pine bulkhead blown through the palm tree or the whole of a sugar estate set down on the other side of the mountain but a sailor asks credit for his stories because he has given it and otherwise no tales can go on i need not dwell on our victories here except for the sake of harry savage as we had dubbed the poor Nympton boy for want of legitimate surname in one little skirmish ashore somewhere i think in san domingo this little fellow by genuine courage and unusual nimbleness saved the life of his friend and protector our lieutenant bluett for while the lieutenant was engaged sword to sword with one vile republican another of yet more rampant nature made at him as it were flankwise and must have given him a bitter stab if harry had not with a sudden jump grappled the rogue by the leg so tightly that down he came on his face with a curse so far as their language enables them and we were so enraged i assure you at the duplicity of this fellow that we borrowed a dirk from a little middy and gave it to harry to stick him with but this our young savage refused to do and turned quite pale at the thought of it so that we placed that equality man at the mercy of the french royalists who were acting with us at that period and these made very short work with him as justice demanded with a ringleader of pestilential principles also in a manner which true modesty forbids to dwell upon because neither of us had clothes on i saved the life before very long of our new boatswain heavyside this worthy fellow was swimming along in his usual independent style after kicking his good wife's shackles off when i having taken the inside of him as his superior officer discovered a shark of unusual size desirous to swallow our boatswain that this should never come to was my resolve immediately although i could not quite see how to be in time to stop it for heaviside with his usual conceit and desire to show himself off was floating on his back with arms laid square and beard on breast and legs spread out like rolling-pins and the shark at twenty knots an hour split the blue water towards him any man but myself would have given him over or left all the rest to help him especially after his utterly republican want of deference to me however such want of sympathy was almost impossible so that i swam with all speed to heavyside where he lay floating grandly look there i shouted all up with you ben unless you capitulate and with these words i pointed out the fin of the shark advancing royal sharks we always called them being the largest sharks in the world in and around port royal heavyside had his fat legs foremost and the royal shark stopped to look at them will you or will you not i asked while preserving with some difficulty a proper position behind him for even a royal shark could have wanted nothing more after heavyside oh davy davy i will he answered only only save me The look which he gave was now enough to make me sink small questions, especially as the poor fellow managed, being a first-rate swimmer, to offer me almost foremost to the jaws of the shark just opening. Therefore, as this latter creature rolled on his side to make at us, what did I do but a thing which none except a great fisherman could have done? To wit, I plucked from its strings the boatswain's heavy periwig, which had often vexed me on account of its pretension and clapping it on a piece of sugar-cane which lay floating handy down the wide jaws of the shark i thrust it to improve his appetite faithless people may doubt my word when solemnly i declared to them that this great monster of the waters coughed and sneezed like a christian and we found him rolling dead the next morning with this obstruction in his throat thus by much caution and presence of mind i saved our boats and not only from the jaws of a shark but from a far more fatal error arrogance and downright contumacy which had made him refuse to touch his hat to his superior officer now i need not have mentioned this little affair except that it bears upon my story inasmuch as it reconciled master and boatswain and enabled them both to work together for the benefit of their captain among poor heaviside's many weak qualities one of the most conspicuous was a resolute curiosity this compelled him to open a great part of the breadth of his nature to the legitimate or otherwise affairs of his fellow-creatures and being an orthodox champion of wedlock from the moment he left his wife and children without any power to draw on him he helped all the rest of the world in this way as a host recommends his hot pickles therefore he had been chosen by very bad taste upon somebody's part and an utter forgetfulness of me to be up at our captain's snap of a wedding and to say amen to it what could be worse than a huddle of this kind and a broad scattering afterwards if they had only invited me both sense and honesty would have been there as well as a man not to be upset by things however female that was their own concern of course and it misbecame me to think of it and i saw upon further consideration that my sturdy honesty might not quite have suited them for women are able with the help of men to work themselves up to anything you may call them the shot and men the powder or you may take quite another view and regard them as the powder with a superior man at the touch-hole anyhow off they go and who shall ask the reason for from what heaviside told me it seems that the captain and his fair isabel before our present cruise began had resolved that no one should ever be able legally to sever them but one special term of the compact was that the outer world should have no acquaintance with things that had happened between them-in other words that they should leave their excellent friends and relatives all in the dark about this matter as well as save the poor captain's oath by quitting each other immediately it is to the utmost extent beyond my own experience to deny that this is the wisest of all arrangements if there can be anything wise after the deed of wedlock for what can equal severance in the saving of disagreement however they had not the wisdom as yet to look at it in this light and the one wept and the other sighed when they parted at the churchyard gate for the defence must sail at one p m the lady had been content to come and dwell in a very dirty village of the name of gosport so that the licence might be forthcoming from proper people when paid for because of course in her own county nothing could have been done without ten thousand people to talk of it and thus they were spliced without hoisting flag forever spliced both in soul and in law which takes the lead of the other one, and yet in body, severed always, till there should come fair repute. A common man of my rank in life, and having no more than common sense, must often find himself all abroad with wonder about his superiors. They seem to look at things as if everything and every person were looking back at them again, instead of trusting to the Lord to oversee the whole of it if i had been of the proper age and a lovely rich maid in love with me would i have stopped even twice to think what the world might say about us heaviside's opinion was that the lady wished to hide nothing whatever but proclaim before all people where and when and whom she wedded and how proud she was of him but the captain in his kind regard and tenderness for her feelings durst not expose her to the pain and sense of wrong which might ensue upon his name coming forward thus with the county thinking as it did and himself not there to vindicate and of course he knew with what vigour and skill vile parson chowne would set to at once to blacken his character and to make his bride a most unhappy one therefore sir philip bamfield and the ancient earl of pomeroy were the only persons present of their rank and kindred and both of these confessed the wisdom of the captain's arguments now on the thirtieth of april seventeen ninety four at about the hour of sundown our anchor was scarcely beginning to bite in kalsan bay when the barge of the old port admiral was alongside of us we had long been foregathering what we would do as soon as we got ashore again but now we could only shake heads and fear that the whole would be disappointment and thus it proved and even worse for many of our company inasmuch as our orders were to make sail at once for st helen's and there to join the channel fleet under admiral lord howe therefore we carried on again with a gale from south-west to favour us and on the first of may we brought up in the midst of a large society chapter fifty five